Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the second episode of Movies That Matter. I'm your host, Chris Flaherty. Uh, first off, thanks so much for all the positive reception to the premiere and the first episode. Really appreciate that. All the likes and the hearts on the Facebooks and the Instagrams, they really matter to me and help me you know, boost my shattered ego. Um, tonight, uh, we are talking about Back to the Future, and my guest is Lavender Gooms, but you can just call him Nick. Yeah, Welcome, you, Nick. You can call me Nick for short, but the name is Lavender Gooms. I really hope someone out there gets that joke. If not, they'll catch on eventually. You'll catch on pretty quick. All right. How you doing, bud? Hanging in there. It's it's nice. It's a beautiful, beautiful day. At yeah. least it was. <laughs> it's getting cooler now, but... It's the, uh, it's the fluctuation between summer and fall that is September. I love it. Yeah. No, it's no air conditioning, except it's 80 degrees in here, but... Yeah. Sorry. We got water. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. We we might start sounding a little raspy by the end, but we'll see. All right, Nick, we are talking Back to the Future, the 1985 sci-fi fantasy family film from Robert Zemeckis, starring Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd, Leah Thompson, Crispin Glover, Thomas F. Wilson. Did I forget anybody? Um, that's that's kind of your main cast right there. It's like the main yeah. of, what, five people? Yeah. I mean, you have – there's other little – there's smaller roles in there, but – right. For the uh, for the uninitiated that have no idea what Back to the Future is about, uh, can you tell sure. us a little bit about what Back to the Future's got going on? Sure. Well, it was in 1985, obviously, because that's a huge. Actually, the year is a huge part of that movie. Right. It's about time travel. Mm-hmm. But basically, um, Marty is played by Michael J. Fox. Mm-hmm. He is either a junior or a senior in high school. He can drive because that's part of it. Right. Um, they don't really tell you what how old he is, but mm-hmm. he's you know driving age in high school and he is friends we it never actually goes into how he became friends with my um with christopher lloyd's character of dr mnl brown mm. but yeah yeah they never actually <laughs> we, go into it we never learn why marty is friends with this disgraced nuclear physicist to, to start you have no idea but they're friends mm-hmm. and he is a nuclear physicist, and he builds his first big invention that works is a time machine mm-hmm. out of a DeLorean. And he promises to use the time machine not for personal gain, just to see where we're going and how we got there or where we were. Right. And, you know, in that, that kind of nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and through a few events, um, Marty ends up taking the DeLorean and the time machine mm-hmm. back to... 1955 mm-hmm. and accidentally ruins his parents first encounter <laughs> which is always always fun to think about yep and then basically the whole premise of the movie is he has to try and get them back together mm-hmm. because and he also has to get back to the future hence right. the name back hence to the, the future and the he future. doesn't have any fuel or anything to get back so they have to figure out a way to basically turn on the time machine and mm-hmm. ignite the flux capacitor right to make it go back to the future so it's there's your kind of two-story thing yeah that's in a lot of gesundheit a lot of good movies Mm -hmm. um you get he had the parents he has to get the parents back together Mm -hmm. and christopher lloyd's character of dr brown has to try and figure out a way to make it so that the time machine will activate at a precise moment so that way they can get back to the future So the, the movie's working on a ticking clock. It lit- literally is. Like yeah. the whole concept of time in the movie is mm-hmm. is really well done. Yeah. Especially for something in '85 where there really wasn't that much like special effects to do things yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I really, really, I always enjoy it. Yeah. You know, it's on TV or something like that. It's like, oh, Back to the Future's on. You know, right. we, let's watch this. It's always a fun watch. Now, full disclosure, the film is older than me and Nick. Yeah. Um, do you remember the first time you saw it? I can be honest. No, I just remember that my dad showed it to me because I, I think about all these like old good classic movies. Mm-hmm. Generally, it involves my parents showing them to me yeah. or, you know, just ended up being like on TV once I went, oh, wow, this movie is actually pretty great. And yeah. then, of course, because it's on TV, it's generally censored or shortened yeah. and scenes are mm-hmm. cut, which I get mm-hmm. from a financial standpoint. But from a viewership standpoint, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's like censorship on TV can be hilariously bad at hilariously sometimes. Bad. Like snakes on a plane. I've had it with these Monday to Friday snakes on this Monday to Friday <laughs> plane. Yep. Just one of my favorite censors. Yeah. Um, no, I think the first time I saw it was on TV too. And I think my media production teacher in high school is kind of embarrassing when he like found out I never saw it. He's like, Chris, watch Back to the Future. And it just happened to be on AMC one weekend. Yeah, something like that. Back, back when AMC did nothing but play movies. It was before the Breaking Bad and the Mad Men era. And then, like... Not doing, necessarily like, a bad era, but... No, not a bad era at all. Like, they had plenty of movies on TV. And that's mm-hmm. how I saw a lot of classics back then. And mm-hmm. they had, like, the whole trilogy on one weekend. And I just set the DVR and I downed the whole trilogy. And I was like, wow, this is pretty great. It's great. Now it's on Freeform. That's like... Yeah. <laughs> Freeform. Used to be known ABC Family. Like, now has the back to the future franchise that yeah. they play always on in around october mm-hmm. <laughs> generally when for part two when they go back when they go into the future right i do you, you gotta love like everyone's commitment to like oh october the date like that's back to the future day mm-hmm. like that's become like a regular thing october in pop 21st <laughs> yep. 2015 2015 <laughs> um uh what stuck out to you the first time you watched the movie like what really clicked in your head um, I would say a big thing was that, you know, it's going, it's a time travel movie. It's right. all, I always loved time travel movies. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, what would I do if I had my own time machine? Like, where would yeah. I go? Mm-hmm. What would I see? And a big part of it was, yeah, I'd love to see my parents when they were kids. Right. You know, granted, part of this is a, he kind of went back to the few, back to the past accidentally, mm-hmm. but... You know, I'd do it on purpose. It'd be kind of fun. Yeah. That was the big, like, thing. Like, I think the writer of the film, I think it was Bob Gale. Like, he wanted to see, like, what his parents were like when they were his age. And he always wondered, like, would I be friends with my parents? And I think he really tapped into something. Like, that's a universal thing. Like, Mm -hmm. a universal wish fulfillment thing. Like, I think we all want to go back and see that, you know what our parents were like when yeah. they were younger. Yeah, and they always talk about the good old days. And, oh, you have no idea right? what the good old days are. And yep. you go, actually, if I had a time machine, I would go back and see what the good old days were like. Mm-hmm. And you you have to admire, like, time travel is not, like, they don't waste a lot of time explaining time travel to us. It's just, we're going back. We're going back. You just <laughs> strap in. Hang on for the ride. It's like a quick snap of the yep. fingers, and you're in your ball. Oh, cr- yep. oh man, we're we're in 1955. Yeah, you know, and you everyone looks around, and mm-hmm. <laughs> the the detail in the film is crazy. Like they did a phenomenal job. Yeah, I mean, it's really easy to do things in the past because mm-hmm. you can just look at pictures and go, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, but like even like the little thing, like he goes, like we're in the Twin Pine Mall at the beginning, and mm-hmm. then he goes back and he hits the tree. Hits one of the pines. And then when he comes back, it's the Lone Pine Mall. Yeah, it's Just one of like those little, little details eggs. like that. <laughs> yeah. Or like what my favorite thing is like when he meets the mayor when he's working at the diner. Yep. And he's like, Goldie he's going to be mayor. Yeah, Mayor Goldie Wilson. 
No, it's great. Um, what about the stories and the characters really connected with you? Um, the characters. I would say when I, in high school, mm-hmm. you know, granted when I first watched it, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm close to this age. I mean, I wasn't, right. when I first watched it, I wasn't like five or six. I was probably, you know, 13, maybe in my teens. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing, you know, and I was like, oh, that's kind of fun. <laughs> It is a fun movie. It is movie. a fun movie. It's, it's, that's what it is. It's just fun. And you can really, I could say, I wouldn't say I really connected with Marty that in mm-hmm. like a really deep personal way, but it yeah. was just that we were around the same age and we had, I wouldn't say similar interests, but we both liked music, you know, little right. things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it was really, really fun to me mm-hmm. to sit there and kind of. I wouldn't like. I wouldn't say really see the movie through his eyes, but yeah. something like that. It's a nice think piece. Like like I said, like Marty gets to gain. We'll talk a little bit about a new appreciation of his parents and who they are and stuff. Yes. But I mentioned this a little bit before we started recording. Um, when I was watching it last night, and I'm going to censor myself because we are recording at Burlington Cable Access Television. Is Marty a good guy? <laughs> Is so, he a good guy? So how's this from a from a. Just a simple viewer standpoint of, yes, he is a good guy from a mm-hmm. viewer standpoint. But if you actually look at what he does, right? I, I, there's a lot of – I wish that we had a beep, like a sensor tone on here because you'd <laughs> hear it for another like, couple seconds. I, but it was – he is not a very good person if you if you actually look at what he does. Right. But granted, he has – I wouldn't say a right to, but he did have a me a purpose to kind of do it a little bit. I mean, yeah, I mean, he had good intentions because yeah, that's what I meant he, he messed up his parents' meeting, mm-hmm. and he has to fix that or he's not going to exist anymore. And yes. I guess it's just divine province that it really works out in his favor <laughs> because, spoilers for a movie that came out in 1985, he returns to the future and everyone's what? gotten... I had no idea. <laughs> everyone's gotten an extreme makeover. Literally. Yeah. Like, so we'll go a little bit into his parents. So his parents shouldn't have met is that kind of what you're thinking i they were not in the same he was a big giant nerd he was like, a big giant nerd he, like huge especially in 1955 when mm-hmm. like now nowadays like your nerd culture is so huge and mm-hmm. it's back yeah. then you were a nerd you got <laughs> there's a stigma you got, it was a bad stigma you got beaten up at school yep. you got little things like that and she was this i wouldn't say she was a i wouldn't say she was popular but mm-hmm. she was very beautiful, a beautiful yeah. young woman who had a lot of friends and loved to socialize. I mean, there's a scene in, in yeah. the diner where she's, you know, drinking milkshakes yeah. with her friends. Mm-hmm. She was the girl next door. She, yeah, I would say. L- Lorraine. Lorraine. Yeah. yeah. Her name was, her character was Lorraine. Yeah, Leah Thompson. Leah Thompson's character. Yeah. And they met because of, was it the Florence Nightingale effect? The Florence Nightingale effect, yeah. Because the, the story is that um, George McFly, Crispin Glover, Marty's dad, um, Somehow we got we don't is it because yeah the he, father hit him with the car hit him with the car he he was beeping at was it, I don't even I he was being a peeping tom he at, was a peeping at tom someone else in the neighborhood not Lorraine I don't think it might have been like I ha, I I have to I'll, yeah, next they do I a see. very clever job of like because you see him peeping through the window but mm-hmm. you don't see the woman from you well, see, you see her from the neck down yeah. So it could be her. You don't know. You just have, I mean, it's you all use, they have similar hair, but yeah. I am, you know, someone probably knows. It's like, oh yeah, if you zoom in, you can see your face or whatever yeah. <laughs> it is. 
So it's probably on Reddit. Like, oh, it yeah. actually is. That's her. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or it's not her, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And he falls out of the tree. Yep. And, and he, gets, he gets hit. Or he was supposed to get hit, supposed by, to get hit by the car. Yeah. By his by his future father-in-law mm-hmm. <laughs> by the car. Yep. And, um, and Marty, who's mm-hmm. Michael J. Fox, or Marty plays Michael J. Michael J. Fox plays Marty. There we yeah. go. Um, he... Pushes him out of the way. Out, saves his life. Saves his... I wouldn't even say saves... Uh, try... Attempts to save attempts his life. Attempts to save his life. He wasn't going to die because he no. knew... He kind of knew the the premise of, you know... Because the background in the beginning of the movie says, yep, Grandpa yeah. hit him with the car. Right. <laughs> so, it's just, he knew the story. <laughs> he knew the story and he, I guess, just had a momentary lapse and was trying to be a good person and push him yeah. out of the way. Well, I think anyone would do that and in he, that scenario. Watch out, watch out. And then yeah. he ends up getting hit with the car and mm-hmm. then instead of mom falling in love with dad it was mom falls falls in in love with the son the son and and she has no idea and she literally is in love with him it's a little awkward it's really creepy yeah (laughs) in a way (laughs) but that's it was always just really funny of oh my god if that happened to me that would be so weird you're getting secondhand embarrassment yeah so you're just sitting there and they do a great job with you know and a big thing is like awkward moments in movies yeah if you, as the viewer, have to turn away because it's mm-hmm. so awkward sometimes, yeah. you know they did a great job. And yeah. it, part of it, some there are some little scenes that it's like really awkward. You know, mm-hmm. they're sitting in the car. Yep. And the mm-hmm. mom goes to make a move, and it's like you know, yeah, like, nope, nope, don't do it. Oh. <laughs> you sit there, you cover your eyes and look away. <laughs> but they do again. Like it's the performances, it's the writing, it's great. Mm-hmm. It's all tongue in cheek. It really connects with us. I. I was going to say something like what kid wouldn't feel like what Marty was feeling in yeah. that scenario. <laughs> yep. And the, I would say even the more awkward part is <laughs> the mother takes his pants off. That's uh, true. Yeah. <laughs> she puts them in her hope chest. It's like, oh, oh boy. my God. <laughs> like you think about these, these little things yeah. and it's like, oh my God, she literally is in love with him. Yeah. It's... And the one thing I never understood was he's in the house with his grandparents. Right. Mm-hmm. Yet he makes, unless they died before he was born, mm-hmm. he didn't actually do anything in the house of, oh, my God, you're my grandmother. Yeah, nothing clicks in his head for him. Nothing. Whether it, and they never go into it. And I was I was always really weird about that. Like, if I bumped in, like, if either of us bumped into our parents and mm-hmm. we're at the house and it's like, oh, my God, those are my grandparents. And you get to see yeah. your grandparents when they were parents. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, hello, yeah. girl. Nope, nope, you're not grandpa. <laughs> My favorite is, like, after he leaves the dinner table to go find Doc Brown, mm-hmm. the, the grandfather's like, that kid's an idiot. I, <laughs> I blame his parents. Lorraine, you ever have a kid like that, I'll disown you. Yeah, and she's like, That's, like, there. the most brilliant line, I think, in the whole movie. It was so great. It was yeah. definitely well, per- like, perfectly executed yeah. line of... <laughs> and it's funny because the whole time, the father is just staring at the TV, eating his dinner. He does not give a damn about what's going on. <laughs> Watching... Watching um, um, Jack. Now we can watch Jackie Gleason while we yeah. eat. It's watching the honeymooners. <laughs> and things like that. He's like, you have a TV at home? Yeah, I have two. two. I was like, you must be rich. <laughs> I mean, now if you think about it, you know, <laughs> think about how yeah. many TVs you got at home. Culture shock. Culture shock. You know, I'm trying to think back to like <laughs> the house where I grew up. I'm like, we had one, two, three, four. Like you, like you literally just keep going. Nowadays, yeah. it's even more. <laughs> Nowadays, every room has a monitor of some kind. Right. <laughs> It's fu- it's funny to see how a time travel movie ages because like back then like eighty five was so custom and now nineteen fifty five is even more far off to mm-hmm. us now. It's like you got one TV. It's like 
and back then you only you know and it was a privilege to have one tv yeah now it's like what you only have one tv what do you do with your life <laughs> and there are some people that don't have any tvs, have any nowadays. TVs which honestly yeah. all power to you <laughs> mm-hmm. my my favorite joke that has i mean i guess it's aged well but maybe it's sad because it's it's gotten worse is when he's like who's the president and he goes ronald reagan he's like ronald reagan the actor he's president and i was like you should see who becomes president in a few years <laughs> so you should wait until 2017 2016 hold on he's president oh no <laughs> but it's nice to look at the look at a time travel film at the lens like that and i think there's a lot of I want to say like basic wish fulfillment in the movie because the nerd stands up to the bully mm-hmm. and he is successful. He's successful. He like ne- for the, <laughs> never I, does it. George McFly has probably never thrown a punch in his life and somehow he just gets lucky that night and knocks Biff out. Well, Biff's no also drunk. So you Biff's remember. also drunk, yep. yep. And he wins the girl of his dreams. Mm-hmm. Like That's wish fulfillment 101 yeah. right there. High school and, wish fulfillment 101. Yeah, and bringing it back to the whole, is, is he a bad person? He... He literally changed and gave everyone a makeover. Right. Like his, his, so there's three children. It's his Mm -hmm. older brother and his older sister. So it's brother, sister, and then Marty. Right. Like the older brother in the beginning of the movie was, what is he? He was like a pizza delivery driver. Yeah, pizza delivery driver or something like that. Yeah. And the daughter never really got into what she was. She was definitely probably a little bit, not quite as old as the older brother, maybe probably a little closer to Marty's age. Mm -hmm. So Marty might be a junior, she might be a senior or a freshman in college yeah, or something yeah, like yeah. that. And she's she's trying to, you know, date boys and stuff like that. And yeah. she's like, oh, well, he called. And it's like, oh. Mm-hmm. Reminded me of Velma from yeah. Scooby-Doo. Oh, very. She had a very yeah. similar haircut. And then mm-hmm. in the future, you know, the older brother is some big hot – you assume he's a big hotshot lawyer. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's wearing a suit. You mm-hmm. know, he, he has the line of, I always wear a suit to the office. Yeah. And it's more of like an, one of those like home alone things where you put the hands in the face like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> what is what? happening? <laughs> what do you mean? And then the parents come through the door and they're like, mom, you look thin. You're so thin. <laughs> Dad. Everyone, he literally faints and collapses. He's like, oh, my God, everything's fine. Uh, the, the little detail of like when his mom goes to like give him a kiss on the cheek and he nearly like goes into, like, yeah. goes into shock. <laughs> he freaks out. Like, don't touch me. <laughs> Remember the last time you kissed me? Like, nope. Don't do that. <laughs> Um, and then what else I want? Yeah, so Marty like definitely makes everything better for everyone, yes. and everyone benefits from it. But he, I think he also learns like a little bit of appreciation for his yes. parents because like he's learned like when he's sitting with his dad at the cafeteria that like he writes science fiction stories, and he's like, "Why have you never like published anything?" And like the and father's because like, they were good. <laughs> yeah, and the father's like, "Well, I could never deal with like that kind of rejection. Like, what if people told me I'm not good enough?" And then like that connects to Marty and his music because like. He's venting to Jennifer in the beginning that, like, he doesn't want to send his audition tapes in. Yeah. Because Jennifer, he's Jennifer's worried. the girlfriend. Yeah, Jennifer's yeah. the girlfriend played by... Uh, she she changes, so she Claudia was, Wells. Yeah, I think so. In the, the first one. Yeah, and then in the second and third, it's Elizabeth Shue. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I think they might have digitally put Elizabeth Shue back in, like, the old one in some versions. I don't know. Some versions. Not the ones I own. But. Yeah, not the ones I own. Um but yeah, like everyone benefits from Marty learning this important life lesson. And I think like he learns from his parents and I think his parents also learn from him, which I think yeah. is a nice message that like parents can learn from kids and kids can learn from parents. Yeah, it was it was a great, it was a whole family dynamic thing. Yeah. That he, I mean, he didn't, I wouldn't say he hated his parents, but he did no. not like his, 
the way things were going. I mean, right. in, in the beginning of the movie where they're in the original 1985, mm-hmm. you know, his dad is... He's still being he's bullied still, by he's Biff. Still, he's still being bullied by Biff, who's the, the bully in... The present in the, and the... In the in present and the past. Yeah. Um, who's played by um, Thomas F. Wilson. Yeah. Um, he's got that great voice for it, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but a big thing is, is he gets bullied, and we have no idea... He works in an office with him. Yeah, some, but some you, sort of you, office job. Some sort of a, a simple office job. You know, never yeah. really applied himself. You mm-hmm. know, not very successful. And the mother is an alcoholic because mm-hmm. she fell in love with him for the you know thank the wrong you, reasons for the wrong reasons. Yeah. yeah, and then has three kids with him, and then kind of realizes like, wow, my life is literally just gone downhill. Yeah, <laughs> and then she starts and she keeps drinking and drinking. Yeah, and then she they got the brother who's. It's his uncle who's in jail. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I forgot, like, uh, eat this cake, kids. He's not coming home He's tonight. not coming home again. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, no, he didn't make parole again. That's another funny little joke. Like, he Marty meets the uncle as a baby in 1955, <laughs> and he's, like, in the in the playpen. He's like, get used to these bars, kid. Yeah, <laughs> get used to these bars, kid. A lot of fun little in-jokes yeah. like that. A lot of movie. fun little... Oh, he, we just leave him in there. He, we cry, he cries whenever we take him out. So we just leave him in there. It's like, oh, well, that makes sense. <laughs> psychology of an inmate, 101. Yeah. But he literally goes into that, and it's it was really fun. It's a really yeah. fun thing to do. It's a great movie, and I, you, the more you think about it, like the more layered it is. Really, mm-hmm. like it's it's very simple, but like the more you think about it, like there's a lot going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, it this is something I never realized until last night when I watched it. Like when they're going through the opening sequence, and like you think it's like just showing off Doc Brown's fun little yeah laboratory and stuff. It's all the clocks. Yeah, and, and I never realized like the news broadcast on the TV is talking about the stolen plutonium. That's there. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's how Doc Brown got the plutonium. Mm-hmm. And, like, maybe it's just because I haven't watched it in a while, but then, like, Marty leaves and we see a case of plutonium yeah. on the floor. The radioactive, the yellow radioactive, right. like, suitcase, whatever that thing, yeah. whatever that thing's called. And it's just the little things you got to pay attention to. And the other thing before that was, mm-hmm. like, something about, like, this broadcast is brought to you by Sackler Toyota. Yeah. All 1985 Toyotas, so you yeah. kind of get the thing of, oh, that's where I am. Mm-hmm. It's 1985 because the commercial's on. Mm-hmm. And I guess that company, I, I think I'm pronouncing it right, Sackler, Toyota, whatever it is, it's literally a made-up dealership. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's always, it's in the present, the past, and the future. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a huge thing. And it was yeah. actually kind of cool. Yeah. It's like, oh, they put that in there. Now you know that it's very, well, at the time, it's very present day mm-hmm. when the movie came out, but now you know it's 85. Yeah. And then you see the plutonium, and it just kind of pans away, and it's like, oh, mm-hmm. it's kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember in the diner when he asked for, like, the Pepsi Free. <laughs> I I don't know what a Pepsi Free is. Is it, like, a it's, Pepsi Free of sugar? That's, or that's what I'm thinking. Because remember, yeah. he does ask for a Pepsi Free, and then yeah. he asks... You know, just get me with something without any sugar, and he gives yeah. him a black coffee. It's like, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. In '55, there was no Diet Pepsi or Pepsi Free. Yeah, and then like ta- I remember what Tab is. Mm-hmm. Pepsi Free, I'd never heard of. <laughs> um, I do want to talk a little about the time travel aspect of it because, like, there are plenty of time travel movies out there. There's plenty, but past, present, like literally, there's so yeah. many in the past, so many in the present. But like, I'll, I'll pose the question to you: What do you think make distinguishes this one from other time travel movies? Like, thinking about it, like, this is, I think, one of the first big ones, like, unless I'm blanking on another movie. I think so. The only one that I can remember is, like, it's a very old movie. It's called The Time Machine. It's from early 1950s, and it stars, like, 
I don't even remember their names. They're very yeah, old actors. So, yeah, so exactly. Mm-hmm. So that's like this is one I would say one of the first big ones where right. not only like even like a little peep like little like indie like indie films mm-hmm. could have done a time travel movie. Yeah, but this one was the first like major time mm-hmm. travel movie. They had a huge yeah. cast at the time because Michael J. Fox was really popular in. I forget what show he was in, but he was really popular with in. Um, What's that? Family Ties? I think so, something yeah. like that. Well, we'll, we're, we'll showing, we're showing our age. Showing our age, yeah. yeah. He was really popular in that. That was his, like, you know, everyone knew him from that. And then they put him in yeah. in Back to the Future with Christopher Lloyd, who mm-hmm. is not... He, they made, they put a lot of makeup on him. He wasn't actually yeah. that old back in 85. Well, I was wondering, because I was thinking, like, okay, in the beginning, like, Crispin... Well, Crispin Glover wasn't made up that much, because, like, they yeah. just slicked his hair back and put yeah. the glasses on. The one who I think got the most makeup was Leah Thompson. Yeah. And Tom, Thomas Wilson, I guess. But I was sitting there wondering, like, did they put any makeup on Christopher Lloyd? Um, maybe a little bit, because they, remember, they always, always makeup, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they do a good job But they job probably of, like, didn't do as much. He was like, he went, all right, make sure the hair is, looks, because remember, he's supposed to be a mad, crazy scientist, so make sure the hair is, right. you know, literally pointing straight up like he stuck his finger in an electric socket. Like, yeah. <laughs> they literally made him the stereotypical mad scientist. The distinguished nuclear physicist. Assist. Yep. Yeah. And, like, it's just a little thing, like, it's not something you would really think about, but they purposely chose actors that are all in the same age range. Except for Michael J. Fox. Except for, except for um, not Michael J. Fox. Except for Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd, yeah. So, like, Leah Thompson, Michael J. Fox, Tristan Glover are all within the same age range. Thomas F. Wilson might be a little bit older, but not much. Yeah. So, like, they just have to make them up to look older in the beginning, and then when they go back in the majority of the film, they're all the same age. They don't need any extra makeup and prosthetics. Yeah. But, um... I mean, another big thing that made the movie, like, time travel so... Mm-hmm. They made it actually look the most realistic. Mm-hmm. They literally took one set of 1955, like, mm-hmm. center of town, or 1985 yeah. center of town, and literally, like, turned the clocks back and made it this beautiful, right? beautiful setting. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, there's no trash anywhere. You know, mm-hmm. everything is brand new. It's yeah. clean. There's no graffiti. Yeah. You know, there's no... Like basically, because in '85, this the homeless guy is sleeping on the bench. Yep. <laughs> Red. Yep. <laughs> and in '55, drivers. Yep. Yeah. Crazy drunk driver. <laughs> <laughs> and then in '55, there's none of that. It's this beautiful place, right. and Mr. Sandman, yeah, bring me a dream. Literally, is playing as your soundtrack as yeah. he's walking around. Like, what is happening? Right. Which really kind of dates where they are. Yeah. <laughs> it's sort of like a love letter to. America's past. Yeah, literally, it was yeah. like the the fifties were a beautiful time where there was no nothing wrong, mm-hmm. you know, little things like that. Yeah, and I enjoyed it. I mean, it was they made it look so realistic, even with the cars. Yeah, <laughs> like they had the old Ford. I forget even right. the model is the old forties forty. What is it? The forty seven? I don't know. Whatever it is, but it's forties. No, the forty six Ford. Mm-hmm. The old forty six Ford and he, the convertible like top. Oh my god, it was a beautiful car, and he crashes yeah. it in the manure truck, which <sighs> is a very. It's, I wouldn't say it's a motif, but it happens in every. It happens. You see it, it happen a, a few lot. times. Yeah. <laughs> my my favorite line. One of my favorite lines is like, "You cost three hundred dollars of damage on my car," and I was like, "Just three <laughs> hundred? You crashed it into a manure truck?" I'm like, "That cost three <laughs> hundred." Like, if I crash my car into a manure truck right now, granted, there's no manure trucks in Massachusetts Massachusetts sitting on the side of the road Mm -hmm. that you crash into, but, you know, you you back into, like, you know, a tree, that's, like, three grand. Yeah. (laughs) 
like, oops. Uh, but when you think about, like, time travel movies, like, I can't really think of any. I, the, the biggest two that are coming to my mind right now are the Terminator movies mm-hmm. and Avengers Endgame. Yep. And when you think about well, those Hot movies, Tub Time Machine. Hot Tub Time. A hot tub time machine. <laughs> now uh, I should just play that clip from Avengers Endgame when Don Cheadle just lists all the time. He literally moves. listed them on. <laughs> like they say, "Oh, that's a bunch of BS." It's like, yeah. yep. <laughs> well, it's not for the sake of this podcast, no. but like when you think a lot of the like the big action time travel movies, it's always like the state, the fate of the world is <laughs> in like jeopardy. Yeah, but this is just like. This family might not exist. Yes, this family might not exist. Yeah, because if he if he if he can't get his parents back together, then he disintegrates. He disappears because he'll literally be erased from existence. Right. And this one, literally, instead of having it be an end of the world like your big blockbuster movies, like right. Your summer things like that. Mm-hmm. It's all about a family doing this, so it's exactly. like it can be very personal. Yeah. Of like you know maybe, like oh maybe what ha- what would happen if I inter- interrupted my parents' first meeting. Mm-hmm. Like what would be different about them and the war and me yeah. like in the world if they kind of if they didn't meet? It's a great think piece, and it it's movies like that that keep you thinking and putting yourself mm-hmm. in those scenarios that will stand the test of time. I think so. Nick, both Nick and I we studied film at Quinnipiac University, and I, we're major film buffs. And yep, <laughs> Nick, I, as I told you before, this whole pro this whole podcast stemmed from my friend Liz's question in her senior doc, like what makes a film a classic? And I want to pose that question to you is like, what do you think makes back to the future a classic film? Well, to me, a classic film is something that is memorable. Mm-hmm. You know, and you said it in, in the previous episode of, it doesn't have to be making the most money. It doesn't have right. to win the most awards. Mm-hmm. You know, it just has to hit the most people. Yeah. Um, a big thing, like in this movie, a huge thing is, there's lines in it that are very, you know, I wouldn't say quotable, but if I went up to someone and said, you know, if someone in the cabin, I went, great, Scott. Yeah. You know, if you've, you would, a lot of people would know that you're mm-hmm. referencing Back to the Future. Yeah. Like, whether it's lines, whether it's a scene in the movie, mm-hmm. like, a, like, a, just like other big, giant, classic movies, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I know that scene. Yeah. And then, and then from there, it stems into talking about the movie and little things yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. And then another thing of mine is also... Is like a soundtrack. Alan Silverstein, I think, is one of the most underappreciated composers yes. in film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has I, all these phenomenal. He he scored so many awesome movies. Yeah, yet he doesn't have mm-hmm. you no know, Oscar. He doesn't have an Oscar. Uh, granted, he is competing with you know yeah. some of the greatest you know composers <laughs> right of our generation. You get uh, John Williams. Yeah, you get. Um, uh, I'm blanking on his name. Um, Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer, thank you. Hans Zimmer. Like you got those two. Yeah, those yeah. are like the big, the big two. It was like, yeah, two, two. If you, those are the big two. If mm-hmm. you see them, they did a score. I'm like, oh, yeah. You know, maybe I'll wait and listen to it. Yeah. You know, after and hear what it's like. But this, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Like, this score was really well done. It's mm-hmm. not even. It's not like there's a single like theme. Like you know, yeah. you think of all the the big ones. Yeah. It's like, oh, I I know that one. It's just when you're like, oh yeah, yeah, that is Back to the Future. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. Like I know that. Oh, that's Back to the Future, and it was really well done. And then yeah. it's also the soundtrack too. Yeah. Because Huey all Lewis their, in the news. Hugh Lewis in the news. All their all the songs like that they didn't do that they I wouldn't say purchased the rights for, but mm-hmm. used in the movie are from the time period. Right. Like in Mr. Sandman. In, Mr. Sandman. In 55, mm-hmm. 
the Dave Davy Crockett was in there. The Davy Crockett song. I forget who even oh, sings right. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Davy Davy Crockett. Like that was popular yeah. in '55, I guess. I mean, Earth like, Earth Angel. Earth Angel. Yeah. yeah, at the dance. All stuff from yeah. 55 then you get to 85 mm-hmm. and it's a little more you know it's a lot more rock yeah because at that time it was all electric guitar rock and roll yeah hey chuck it's your cousin marvin yeah <laughs> and barry your kids are gonna love it your kids are gonna love it and that's, yeah. that's also another one of the funny scenes is that yeah <laughs> is it is at the end it's just like mm. oh <laughs> but i would say that's a big thing is it it's however makes it memorable yeah no, it's there's a definitely a lot part. going into Back to the Future, I think, like down from the characters and the story. And I think Alan Silverstein's score really like brings it up to 11, Spinal Tap reference. Yep. Um, <laughs> See like, right there, reference. It's a classic. It's just the, these go to 11. Like, is, like, <laughs> when, when Nick and I used to live together, we pr- practically pretty much talked in movie references, I think. <laughs> it was easier. It was easy. <laughs> Life was so easy. <laughs> um, but yeah, that score just like – it adds a whole nother level to the story, mm-hmm. you know, like it, it, uh, invokes the emotion. And I think that scene, the scene where they're planning to send Marty back, like, I think like it's on a ticking time clock. Cause like literally they, mm-hmm. he's got minutes and the, the car is not starting. I would even say minutes. I would think he's got seconds. Second. The car is not starting. The plug is not reaching or like the plug unplugs <laughs> down on yeah. the ground. So he like slides down and I'm like, I've seen this film dozens of times and i'm like mentally biting my nails yeah. right now <laughs> you're sitting there like oh my god is he gonna make I'm it like is he gonna make it this time he's this time you don't watch he won't make it this time <laughs> someone went back in time and changed the ending of back to the future <laughs> you know put a speed bump right there mm-hmm. <laughs> he went over the speed bump and didn't make it <laughs> someone put a, t- a, a nail in the ground in the a ground, flat tire right there right as he's going down or he just <laughs> he just skids out and crashes into the movie theater <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> well, you and I both, we'll get back to, we, you and I both studied film. Was there anything in this film that like sort of helped push you down that path to study film? Um, Not really. It was yeah. just, I I wouldn't say this movie was the, I wouldn't say, it's not aesthetically pleasing, but there, mm. it's, there's not that much of an iconic, like, oh, that shot. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, there's nothing like mm-hmm. the Citizen Kane where they're like the, of, you know, going through and looking at the red sled. It's, there's nothing yeah. like that. It's, um, I would say that's pretty, it's, that's pretty much what it is. There's nothing yeah. that aesthetically pleasing about mm-hmm. it. Like visual, like us from a cinematography yeah. standpoint, no, I agree with that. but like transitioning into like the second and third parts, right. It yeah. really gets into, and actually this is relevant nowadays too, mm-hmm. is that kind of started the whole like special effects. Yeah. I mean, granted there was special effects, but mm-hmm. this did, this you were taking something like the flying car in part yeah. two. Like mm-hmm. there's a flying car, yeah. and it's very like nowadays it's really easy to make something of a flying car and literally sure. have it land yeah. and you can touch it. Mm-hmm. But back then it wasn't. Yeah. So a big thing that they did was they would pan across. It was a lot of moving. Yeah, it was a lot of movement. Like when the car like drives and there's the burst of fire and then it's gone and it's gone yeah, yeah that's so there's something else that catches your eye or crosses it yeah so that way your eyes focus and then mm-hmm. the thing that you're not supposed to see yeah disappear or what it changes but a big thing is in part two where they fly the car and it lands yeah there's a street light that goes uh-huh. across your screen like a, oh like a lamp. right yeah and that's and they cut and they basically cut the film so mm-hmm. that's the point is there so when it lands mm-hmm. so in the air it's special effects 
but on the but on the left side of the pole it's in the actual car so as mm-hmm. it goes across yeah, 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 yeah. it lands and the car kind of comes and that kind of cuts away with yeah. it and that's a big thing in especially in part two because mm-hmm. yeah we'll do a little spoiler alert yeah <laughs> he goes back again right. to 1955 and mm-hmm. now there's Two Doc Browns yep. and two Martys. Two Martys. There's two Biffs. There's two Biffs. Like, I think that was something that really like struck me. That very, was really, at a very young it was age. Really fun. I was like, how do they put two of the same guy in one shot? Yeah. Like back then, I had no idea how to do that. And now Nowadays, it's just like it's so easy. So you just cut it right down. Crop the, one shot. Yeah, crop one shot. But if they're actually, I wouldn't say even talking to each other, but if they're actually touching each other, mm-hmm. it's different. So there's there's one scene where it's the two Doc Browns are mm-hmm. setting up that the line for the weather experiment they right. called it. Mm-hmm. Um, that there's a street pole, yep. that same That's lamp the divider divides, yep. and you actually mm-hmm. and they they literally pass a wrench across. Yep. Mm-hmm. And as long as that pole is there, it's literally someone else, yeah, who has the same shirt on and just passes him the wrench. Mm-hmm. Even I, in even in part three, it's like most of the ones in part two are vertical. Mm-hmm. The one in part three is horizontal, where he where uh, Michael J. Fox, where Marty literally falls down a a hill and yep. hits his head on a fence and then it pans up and you see legs come over and then it's him yeah. again as his great oh god however many great grandfathers it is yeah I, um, I can't remember yeah but um, I'm sorry to our viewers if we're exposing movie tricks to you <laughs> but in the, literally you think about like TikTok nowadays like my, yeah. my least favorite app in the world but <laughs> don't look <laughs> at my phone <laughs> but that the, you get all those little tricks, and most yeah. of those tricks were done in these old, these classic movies. Of that was your that was your special effects back then. That was your yeah. I wouldn't say your poor man special effects, but mm-hmm. like you granted in the seventies, you had Star Wars and things mm-hmm. like that that just kind of opened your eyes to special effects. Yeah. But these were just simple little tricks yeah. that made it seem so realistic that you would right. literally have no idea unless you understood. Like mm-hmm. as as something moves across, yeah. You can actually cut and literally crop your your shots on both sides and just kind of layer them yeah. and move them up. I know I'm making like hand motions in here that none no, of you can fine. see, but <laughs> you literally cut them across and put yeah. them, and, and that's what it does. Yeah. And it's really it was really well done there that you, yeah. unless you knew it happened, mm-hmm. you would have no idea. But there's something to be said about these basic effects and camera tricks mm-hmm. because I think you get a better appreciation of doing something practical like that. Because I think you know as well as I do that sometimes CGI can look really shoddy without the uh, the right tech and the right budget. Yes. <laughs> so there's a lot of movies nowadays that you go and you go, wow, yep. that is terrible special effects. Like um, I haven't watched it yet. You were talking to me about Cruella and some of the dogs are CGI. And, and you can really, you can really, tell. really tell. Yeah. I mean, if that was in 1985, you would mm-hmm. have been like, wow, that's really well done. Yeah. But nowadays, I mean, there's a shot in that movie in the water. There's a water thing where yeah. someone kind of falls in the water. Mm-hmm. And you can tell. I looked at it and went, wow, that's really bad CGI. And it's not like the person fell from, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like it's a giant thing. It's like a close up and they just kind of go in the water. Like yeah. you can't rent out someone's backyard pool and <laughs> jump in and do it like that. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. <laughs> and, so we're trying to like say like practical effects, like there's still appreciation for it. And I think yeah. Hollywood's kind of moved away from them. And then I'm trying to segue into one of my favorite effects in the entire trilogy is the train in part three, the train. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the which, miniatures, the miniature, which looks like a real train going mm-hmm. over the hill for spoilers like instead of a car well 
No, there is a car. There is the car. They're, they're, they're using the train to propel the to, car. To push the car to get it up to yeah. 88. And now 88 miles an hour is another thing. Like, yeah. who who does exactly 88? <laughs> it's like, you know, you, you think of people that have OCD. They think, oh, 85 or 90. Like, no, it is 88. <laughs> and we're on, on the mass pike. My 88, I'm going back in I'm time. I'm going back in time. <laughs> And we go, watch out. If he hits 88, he's going back in time. 2000, here I come. <laughs> but I do, I love the train. I did they, I can't remember, and I wish I did my research. Like, they used a real train and a model train? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's so the, the model train, obviously, is your, like, when the train's moving really fast. Like, when it's a slow, in the beginning of that whole scene. Yeah. You know, it's it's a slow moving train, mm-hmm. and they just have the effect there. And then they once they get on and they do all their shots, yeah. Then as it gets moving really quick, mm-hmm. sometimes it's just speeding up the camera, yeah. Like, um, you know, if they want to make the train look like it's going, you know, eighty miles an hour, and you're yeah. only you're only making it move at like twenty miles an hour, mm-hmm. well, you just make it four times faster, yeah. <laughs> and it'll look like it's going there, but you right. remember to keep the camera still. Exactly. <laughs> That's the one thing. Yeah. If you move it, it's like. You'll, yeah. you'll you'll see it if you ever speed up. Mm-hmm. You ever take like if you ever film some film anything and then make it look like it's going really fast. Yeah. If you make it go way too fast, you'll you, notice. You notice. It. You'll notice it looks really fake. But if you yeah. do it just slightly, yeah. you'll notice like oh that actually looks like it's going a little bit quicker. Mm-hmm. We've talked about the the effects and stuff in part two and three, but I want to talk about part two and three on a whole because. I don't think a lot of people know that this is a full trilogy. Yeah, it's a full trilogy, and we're we're going to get into that because it's yeah. part one we could talk about for a while, and then parts two and three were kind of like part two and three are. I I like them. I, they're they're good. Yeah, they're, it's you know it's not number one. I I compare this one like to modern days of the Cars trilogy. Like the first one, great. Second, Second one. one Awful compared well, to the first one. <laughs> I, I would I wouldn't say Back to the Future Part Two is on Cars Two no, level. No, but it's on, the and if you're just comparing them to each other, the first one was amazing. Yeah, second one was not nearly as good, and the third yeah. one was better than the second one, and just a little bit under the first one. You know, yeah. not quite as good, mm-hmm. but it's very similar in Back to the Future. It's the first yeah. one is your classic. Like yeah. it's that movie. There's mm-hmm. nothing. You know, of all the negative things people say about it, it's like you're talking about minute little tiny things. Yeah. The second one you can go, well, some of the CGI was a little bit, like the story wasn't that great, right. you know, and they got rid of the original Jennifer or whoever, yeah. whatever the story Liz- is about. Yeah. You know, and she came back and the new, this new girl's coming in there and it's mm-hmm. like, you know, she's not as good. Yeah. And then in the third one, it's like, well, you redeemed yourself because now it's, way back in the past and right. it's a hundred years before now it's 1885 in the old west yeah and it's it was re- that was really well done right one, one of my favorite westerns is back to the future <laughs> part three <laughs> it, it, it is a western it counts as a western. it is a western if you look at yeah. it they, they they literally on imdb i think it is a western <laughs> but part two like part one is so simple and mm-hmm. part two they really like they made it. They overcomplicated a I lot. I can't of even it. remember how it goes from A to B. I, only because I watched it recently when we mm-hmm. decided to do this movie was, you know, basically the whole premise of the of time travel is mm-hmm. don't alter anything. Right. Don't step on the butterfly. Don't, like literally the butterfly effect. Like yeah. don't do anything. You literally go there and you mm-hmm. see what happens and you mm-hmm. see where we're going, and you can kind of figure out things from there. Mm-hmm. Or in the past, like where we've basically, he says it like where where we've been, where we're going, mm-hmm. and in the second one, literally, 
it's uh, it's kind of obvious once he says like no we're not doing that and you go and you're like oh come on you're gonna do that yeah like if you think about it, it's like i want to be rich well if you go into the future and get winning lottery numbers mm-hmm. <laughs> and bring it Which to the past the whole lit- premise of the movie, movie is he gets the sports Biff. all yeah it's marty Older. it's marty he goes marty. to the yeah. he goes to the store and he buys the sports almanac. the sports almanac after he hears that or sees on like some hologram board mm-hmm. that you know Cubs win the World Series, which is yeah. really funny because it's, it's even at, funnier now. It's even funnier now because they actually did win, and it wasn't in 2015; it was in 2016. Would have yeah. been so much. Uh, would have been so much cooler if it actually happened. It would have. Yeah. And he was like, "Wait a minute! What if I bring back sports information and can do it that way?" And he mm-hmm. buys a sports almanac, which has, I guess, every sporting event from 1950 to 2000. Yeah, you know. And he buys it, and he's going to bring it back and make some money on the side. And Doc Brown says, no, I did not build the time machine for financial gain, which is completely right, because you're yeah. literally changing everything. You're going right. from whatever you're doing, and now you're going to be a sports gambler and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yep. So he literally does it, and then he, they t- and then they have to go, and, and because of that whole... There's a whole scene in there where he's trying to get away from another Biff. <laughs> yeah, but, but Biff older a, Biff gets the almanac and gives it to younger Biff. Biff. He time travels back. That's another one of those you see the the yeah, cuts the, and the, the cut and the two Biffs talking the two to Biffs each other. The two Biffs talking to each other and you see any line anything mm-hmm. like in that scene where they're in the car in the old 46 Ford there's two windshield panels. <laughs> yeah. That's just mm-hmm. the way and, and there's a there's a line right there and you can see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he gives it to him and then, then they when they go back to 1985, mm-hmm. the entire the 1985 they know is gone. Right. It's it's now Biff's world it's now. Biff's world. You know, he he has more money. He literally can print his own money because all he has to do is just yeah. go to any sports, any like any Vegas or any sports betting, mm-hmm. and go. Oh, give me two hundred million dollars <laughs> on you know the Patriots beating whoever. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and they and like I think about it nowadays is if you win that many bets, mm-hmm. um, and you're that successful, mm-hmm. you got to start placing some. You know, so you got to lose because Vegas probably won't let you back in. Right. <laughs> like they they have every right to. Like you think about it now. Like if you go and you place and you go and place a hundred bets and you win all of them and you place ridiculous wagers, mm-hmm. next time you come in, they're going to go, yeah, you're not coming back. Like, because that's a business. Like, that's right. yeah, like sure. he's literally stealing because yeah. he knows the future. It's literally but then it cheating. it becomes his casino, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. then it becomes his casino, and then he yeah. does it. And it's like, well, why? Mm-hmm. You can't do it at your own casino because you're literally stealing your own money. Right. <laughs> it's back to the part. Back to it's the future. Like, part two is literally Biff's revenge. It's Biff's, Biff's revenge yeah. on getting the crap beat out of him. Right. Literally, in yeah. the first one. So, and it's and they, you know, there's two, and then he has to destroy, and then he has to oh, and then. Yeah. I, part three, I think he dies in Dr. Brown is supposed to die in the old West. And then Marty's trying to save him. Yeah, and then he goes, no, I'm bringing you back yeah. after he literally in the, in a letter that's been around for hundreds of years right, yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever it is. No, it's not hundreds. Cause it's only 85 to 1885 to 1955. Yeah, yeah. So it's like what? 80 years ish. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll call it. Um, yeah. He literally gets the letter. It's like, do not come after me. And of course, like, and that's the first thing in the movie. So what do you think he does? Oh, he goes back and tries to rescue him because he dies. It's like, you got to, of course, of course. One of my my favorite jokes in part two, even though I don't really watch part two, is like, 
you see Marty go back again in the first one, and then, like, seconds later, like, Marty just runs up to Doc yeah. Brown. And <laughs> hey, so, from, so from Doc Brown's perspective, he's like, no, what wait just a happened? minute. <laughs> and he, he gets, he's like, I have no idea what happened. And he, like, freaks out. He's like, whoa, right. I sent you back. What are you doing here? He's like, wait a minute. <laughs> then he has to change, and then it, and then he's like, "I've you furthered spiraled the space time continuum." Yeah, like what are you doing? We have to destroy the time machine because it's literally done worse things. He's like, right. "I invented it for this, and it's only done awful things, so I'm destroying it." Yeah, but somehow Marty still has to get back. He still has to get back. It's not even like a hundred years, and yeah. the one problem is like he gets there and there's no gas. He's like, "Oh, we'll right. just put gas in it." <laughs> it's like, yeah. There's, there's no there's gas. No gas. In, no gas in the old west. There's no gas in the old west in 1885. Right. Like, like granted, we would know where it is, but we can't refine it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he has a giant contraption to make an ice cube. Yeah. <laughs> and the ice cube is like this dingy brown color because that's the water they have. Oh man! Now I got to watch part two and part three. Yeah. I, I only watched part one to prep for this. Well, remember, but now they I filmed the two and three together, back to back. Yeah. Yeah. They literally filmed it all at once because mm-hmm. it literally takes place in the same – it's not really the same time, like, but it literally yeah. just keeps going. So they just like, oh, just yeah. film the whole thing because they're all supposed to be the same age. Yeah. Because back then movies took a while like with effects like that. It took, they right. took a lot longer to, to complete. Mm-hmm. And I remember like part two ended with sort of a, a trailer mm-hmm. for part three. It did. <laughs> which I think is completely unheard of these days. Yeah. Like there was no way it's like just... – Infinity War would end with a trailer for Endgame. No. They would keep us on the hook for yeah. a year. Yeah, because they, they – And it was mean. It was mean. <laughs> yes, but back then they had the trailer at I the know. end. Yeah. And literally this is the, a big thing of memorable is to be concluded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or to be continued, whatever it was. And that's the big thing. It's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Like to be concluded it was the big – Right. Like part three is it. There's no more. Like that's the end of Back to the Future because mm-hmm. in the end of the third one, they destroy the time machine and it's done. But even to this day, people still want a part four. No. It's like one of those movies that like people will still fantasize about, but we're never going to get. I don't want it. I don't want it either. I, I don't, and I don't want it. see it's where like, it would go. It's Hollywood now is they've literally run out of ideas. So now they're bringing back all these movies. Well, the thing again, is like, like revivals and like. The best movies are ones that don't. Like, you think yeah. about other classics. Like, it was one and done. Go out on a high note. <laughs> Go out on a high note. Like, literally. <laughs> and uh, what could you show us? Because you've kind of already showed us everything. Oh, I know. It was ridiculous. So. But this, what what else could you add to this story? I don't know. And like, it ended so, I wouldn't say perfectly, but it yeah. ended and everyone's happy and everything's yep. back to the way Wrapped it needs to be. Nicely. You literally put a bow on it and now yeah. you want to. And Marty is kind of a better person by the yeah, end of it. he is. Because I think... For those that don't know, in part two, we learn, like, a big car accident mm-hmm. sort of set Marty down this trajectory of, like, kind of being, like, a, because, a bum in the future. Yeah, there's a big thing, actually, in the whole trilogy of yeah. he does not like to be called a chicken. Yeah, he's he's a hothead. He's a hothead. He's a yeah. little, he's a, a really big hothead in the beginning. Yeah. And then as the movies progress, he literally becomes less and less and realizes, like, I right. can't. I can't be a hothead that's just going to spend I'm just yeah. going to send my life on this really bad path. Yeah. And then at the end he literally decides not to do something. He's mm-hmm. like, "Oh, I don't care." Yeah. And like, it, you th- you think I'm crazy enough to race like race him? <laughs> right. Yeah. No, and then all of a sudden it's literally like, What are you, chicken? Yeah. And he's like, "Okay." And then he literally instead of racing him, he just puts mm-hmm. it in reverse. He's like, "No, I'm good." <laughs> yeah. And it's it sort of builds into this whole theme that like nobody's as Doc Brown says, like nobody's future is written in stone, so make it a good one like 
you're in control of your own destiny. You can yeah. change it and stuff. I mean, not everyone has a time machine, but we are all in control of our own destinies. Yes. It is very, so. it's a, it, they literally wrapped it up perfectly in yeah. the end. So. And it's literally all about like the whole theme of the whole thing is like, there's time mm-hmm. family and like making sure that you are the best version of yourself. Right. <laughs> Even exactly. if it takes a while. Yeah. It takes time. Time. <laughs> it takes time. Like, yeah. So. You know, you're, you're going to change. Yeah. But it's a big thing. I mean, I like this is definitely an easy classic movie for me. For sure. Yeah, me too. Um, any fun facts or trivia you want to share with the audience? Uh, fun facts. Um, I mean, I really hit on a, a most of them before, but I mean, a big thing is they no, we've, just... We've dealt out a lot of fun facts. We've dealt I mean, a lot of fun out. facts. We've probably left out a ton, but I yeah. mean, I know Netflix just released like movies, uh, something like literally a show that's very similar to this of... Like just certain, it's called movies that oh, made movies us. That made, well, don't plug that here. <laughs> no, but <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> but um, they go into they. That's where all you can get all your visual stuff. Where they actually show you really yeah, yeah, what yeah. we're talking about mm-hmm. with the cuts and the special effects and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's uh, it was actually really interesting and fun. And yeah, I'll really, have to check it out. You have to check it out. It's it's, yeah. it's a lot of fun. Um, mm-hmm. But definitely listen to the podcast here first. <laughs> yeah, please do. Um, I can say that. The one fun fact I have that I really love is Huey Lewis's cameo in the beginning <laughs> as the uh, the guy who's, like, holding the auditions for the bands. Yep. <laughs> and, like, I think I, I – I'm embarrassed to say I don't think it registered until last night when I watched this film. <laughs> it's one of those just like, oh. Uh, yeah. I was like, wait a minute. Because Huey Lewis, like, you know his voice. You don't really know his face. Yeah. And then you just like did a double take. I'm like, wait a second. Yeah, you pause and look, and you look. It's like, oh my yeah. god, that's that's Huey Lewis. <laughs> yeah, because he has the um, I wouldn't say the theme song, but right. Well, I mean, kind of, <laughs> kind of. I mean, like Alan Silvestri's got the score and the theme, but I think he has the the song. Yeah, he has, he two of them. has he the has, soundtrack. Yeah, he has the power of love and, and back um, in time. Back in time. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I think we've almost approached the hour here. Yeah. Uh, Nick, just to wrap it up, um, just to put it all on a nice bow. Why do you think Back to the Future matters, or why does Back to the Future matter to you? Um, well, it matters because it literally was, I wouldn't say the first of its kind, but it was the first time travel movie that did really well of, it didn't it didn't necessarily win a bunch of awards. It mm-hmm. didn't make, it made money. It, I wouldn't say it made a ton of money, but yeah. it made a decent amount of money. But it was just the characters, it was so quotable. It was, you know, oh, Back to the Future. It was one of those, you know, and then talking points of, well, if you had a time machine, where would you go? Right. You know, and everyone has their own opinions on where they go, who they see, what we, what they do with it. Yeah. And you can always just say, no, well, you can't do that. And everyone mm-hmm. has their own opinions. Like, oh, I go and get lottery numbers for, you know, tomorrow's lottery. It's like, well, if you've seen Back to the Future and the whole trilogy, you know no, that. Don't do that. No, that's bad. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, be more of, you know, who would you want to see? Yeah. You know, it's all about time travel. Is like mm-hmm. right now, if I had a time machine right now, mm-hmm. God, there's hundreds of places I'd see. Oh yeah, <laughs> just want to go see things mm-hmm. like the Seven Wonders of the Ancient World. I would want to go see and take a nice picture and just have them <laughs> and say, "Oh yeah, remember those? I was there." <laughs> I would definitely like to see my parents as kids. That was one. Oh yeah. god, yeah, everyone would want to see that. Yeah. It's like, wow, my hello. <laughs> I. Hello, mom. I, I mean, I, <laughs> mom, mom, mommy-o. Because <laughs> he does that in the movies. Like, he, in the first one, he's like, 
you're not, you're not going to pick a fight, Dad, 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 Daddy O. <laughs> and he like stumbles, and he's like one of those, uh oh, <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> I I know my father. I I would not stop him from picking a fight in high school. <laughs> he he would not listen to me. He would not listen to you. <laughs> no. The, the I I'm told the troublemaker gene skips a generation. So congratulations. <laughs> Old grandson Flaherty's going to give me some gray hairs. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Oh, boy. Never good. (laughs) Going to drop him off in Uncle Nick's. (laughs) Never good. At that point, my name would be Lavender Gooms. Lavender Gooms. (laughs) Well, Lavender, this was great. This is awesome. <laughs> I don't. I, I'd say I hope you come back, but I know you'll come back. Oh yeah, we already have lists of yeah. <laughs> movies that I know you're like. You know what? Why don't we do this one? This would be this would be a fun one. Yeah. All right, let's do it. <laughs> this was a fun one, and I definitely yeah. think like we've gained a better appreciation of Back to the Future because I think it does get lost in the star in the shuffle of all the Star Wars and the Indiana Joneses. And it's, the, it's in that time period yeah. of those like. I wouldn't say sci-fi movies, but mm-hmm. it gets a little bit lost in the whole Star Wars thing. And right. Indiana Jones was right there with it. You know, yeah. it's it's the 80s. Then you get all the Brat Packs in there. Yeah. like I, one, I, I wouldn't think... say it gets lost, but it really – there's a lot of good stuff in that time period. And right. this one was a great one. Yeah. No. Thrown right in the middle of it. I'm glad we did this one. Yep. Uh, folks, thanks for listening to the second episode of Movies That Matter. Uh, you can find us on Instagram right now at Movies That Matter Pod. Um, We'll probably get a Twitter and an email up soon. Uh, Until next time, watch what you like. Uh, Don't listen to the critics. Don't listen to the box office. Make your own opinions. Entertainment is subjective, and that is not a bad thing. I've been your host, Chris Flaherty. Nick, thank you again for joining me, and good night.